Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 378 of the podcast with my delightful guest, Amy Dallin. I am so pleased that we were able to make this conversation happen. I know you're going to love it. Um, and I'm going to give a shout out to PJ, but you're also going to get a shout out in the episode, so I'm not going to overdo it. Um, but that is a longtime listener and buddy who suggested this matchup happen and we couldn't have been more delighted by it. So thanks. I hope everyone is still uh, doing all right, taking care, staying sane. And I send you lots of love from the place I'm sitting. How are you? How's being inside going? I'm good, all things considered. What yeah. about you? That's the answer, right? That's sort of the best <laughs> answer. There's no, like, it's totally inappropriate to be like, oh, the worst, awful. Like, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm healthy, but I'm a mess, which is also probably true for many of us at any given time or, you sure. know, every yeah. other hour we feel awful. Um, but there's no, yeah, there's no, like, but yeah, but also being like, oh, I'm so good. Oh, I'm never better. Like that's also <laughs> a horrible, if that feels wrong. There's no, it's interesting how quickly like a, like the, the pat question of how are you and the response of, oh, good, how are you? Like just mm-hmm. that, just that it just turns 45 degrees for everyone. Like the same, yes. new, the same new answer that's sort of like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk about this more in real detail. So this is just the pleasantries. The new normal is like, I mean, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good under the circumstances, right? But I, I think that's weirdly. It's a good reflection of the fact that those openings, uh, and they, you know, we endlessly make fun of that kind of small talk thing. But technically, they're doing some sort of. A vague averaging together of circumstances anyway, that response was always a more or less, all, without getting into details, is it a crisis right now? And yes. people being like, you know, more or less not. Uh, and yes. so now we're all just sort of re-averaging together and trying to figure out like, all right, if I've gone too under the baseline today, does it indicate that this is an exceptional day? Or right. is it inappropriate not to to acknowledge in my opening that these are exceptional times? I don't That's know. Right. It's a weird calculus. That's right. There's this, there's an X and Y axis. I know that for sure. <laughs> I don't necessarily know what either of them say, but I agree that there's a graph and it can be tracked. It definitely can be tracked on a graph. Um, <laughs> What are you, I have prepared absolutely nothing for this conversation per huge. Um, <laughs> so please know that I'm not looking at like a checkoff list, but um, an Anton checkoff list. I've never made that joke before. I never <laughs> will again. But listen, strange times call for strange playwright puns. Um, oh my gosh. I, 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 is I, there anything that you are supposed Rised, and I say this again with zero answer on my side either. Mm-hmm. But like, is there anything that you find yourself surprised 
to discover about yourself just under these circumstances like because they're so new is there anything that you're like huh I guess I never thought I would be a bread baker or whatever which I only <laughs> recently I'm so tapped out on knowing what other people are doing uh like in a general sense rather than sure. just on a one-to-one sense I did not know until like two days ago that I guess baking bread is like the thing everyone's doing had no oh, idea it, it is inc- it's everywhere I think possibly also helped by the fact that looking at pictures of other people's bread is just a a wonderful and wholesome activity. So whatever else people are doing in the privacy of their homes, at least they're posting pictures of the bread. Right. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, and I have zero cooking ability, zero baking ability. So I'm strictly living vicariously through the fresh baked bread of others. But uh, I I don't know. I don't want to like go to Bummerville too early. But oh, please feel free to go to Bummerville. (laughs) I have been surprised. So I I am very much a comic book person. Yes. And uh, so part of that has been that, you know, for years we've all made jokes about losing track of what day it is, especially if you are in L.A. or in a freelance occupation where your schedule... God forbid, both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, everything changes all the time. Things your The structure of your days can look wildly different month to month. And, you know, most of my life has been like that for a long time. But I, I truly, I am coming to understand sort of for the first time that like without, so comics, for people in the audience who might not know this, comics generally come out on Wednesdays, have for the last couple decades, uh, and new releases are currently on pause while we wait to find out anything about anything. And that means this Wednesday was the third Wednesday in a row without regular new comic book releases, and... I am discovering what it is like to lose track of what day it is. Yeah. Like, I thought I had understood that feeling before, but the the unmooring has become real for me in a way that I, like, you know, I feel bad for not appreciating how strange that has been for everyone for so long because it didn't occur to me that I just had this pole around which the world revolved. <laughs> that, you know, I might not know what other day it is, but I knew whether it was Wednesday. Right. Uh, and... So that's that's been a genuine surprise to me. Like the other day, I think I checked what day it was every 30 minutes. Uh, right. We are ordering a giant clock to go on the wall that actually says the day in large letters because <laughs> I, like, I, 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 I don't know, it, just doing what we can. Like, yeah. It, it's, yeah, well, so, think, so that's yeah. been my surprise. No, I mean, I think that's, and that's something that I think that's also been like a really interesting um thing to watch play out for us all in the last month because now you know and I'm just so fascinated oh I am not doing a good job of uh, other than recording this podcast I'm not doing a great job of sort of marking my feelings journaling um I'm not writing right. long letters to friends a bit, and and I just listened to a conversation with with uh the writer George Saunders where he's reading a letter that he wrote to his Syracuse you know uh, lit writing students kind of saying right. like you know and by the way he is writing to people younger than me so really this is not my responsibility but he you know he's like you know this is the time where artists and and writers in in addition to you know people like journalists and just just everyone um this is this is unprecedented and as much as you know you might be trying to sort of like find a normal that feels comfortable also know that it's going to be really really important to have these personal accounts uh large and small about what this time was like because it's unprecedented um at least you know in mm. the last hundred years um and so i had that sort of awareness yesterday of like mm, yeah i guess i haven't really been like 
I, I haven't I haven't really been sort of recording history of my own in, in that in that way and it made me feel a little bit like oh yeah I should probably maybe I should pay more attention but I do feel like one of the things that um, has been coming up is 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 that sort of sense of okay now it's been long enough that that we are becoming aware that we'll we will lose track of what day it is and we are becoming right. aware of oh wait like I don't know some people really jumped on it right away and were like reaching out to old friends or were checking in on all of their sort of like regular you know people they would see or talk to on a more regular basis and yeah. I feel like I I did not do that for the first like two to three weeks of this I really was just like oh, I don't know. I'm just taking it one day at a time. Like, who knows mm-hmm. how long this will last? And at a certain point, I was like, you know, it's now been three weeks and there are people I love dearly that we've neither one of us has bothered to be like, hey, how you holding up? Just because mm-hmm. it's it's been so sort of like, well, maybe we won't need to do that. Or, you know, maybe right. there will be so much time to do that that we're not in a rush. And now it really feels right. like, oh, I should, I, I want to know how these people are doing or I want to see their face or I want them to send me just like a little voice message if not a you know if not gonna if it's not gonna be an hour-long conversation on the phone then you know just little bits and pieces and and I think those bits and pieces um I was just thinking this yesterday uh I thought you know I want I think people are going to want to and probably already are like define their days of the week in in new ways that feel okay for them and feel f- maybe positive like so i have mm. been thinking like what do i want to do every monday that's going to make monday special like if it's not oh. going to be if it's not going to be a work thing or if it's not going to be a you know appointment television thing which is not <laughs> really not a thing anymore <laughs> for me anyway um then then what can i bring to monday that will make it feel significant and will mark time in a way that you know like i kind of have you know how do how how do we how do we make those days uh make sense and stand out and, and somehow you know is there a fun we'll new all way need to do our that? own themes like bars until we can have bars back if it's our personal taco tuesday or whatever exactly seriously exactly like maybe 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 for people who are baking bread like they bake bread on wednesdays and sundays and so already they have like two poles tent poles to your point where mm. you know they th- things get sort of built around that well do i have the flour can i find the flour before my next you know bread baking <laughs> thing and you know am I gonna what if I just you know what if the musicians out there are like you know Tuesday's gonna be the day that we all re- re- record like a new shitty song that we've just committed to do <laughs> even if it's bad you know like I think there are there are things we can do that um that we just haven't done yet as a culture right. because this thing has not been going on very long yet and it's 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 happening to like Everyone is disrupted, but no two people's disruptions looks the, look the same. So if you have a family right now, I assume that the days of the week are intensely meaningful because you probably have five school schedule, school schedules you're juggling. And I don't oh, know yeah. how anyone is doing that. I don't, I don't know. I don't either. But even friends of mine that have kids are like, oh, no, it's still like they're still no. They, they, they still don't feel anchored the way that, that maybe you, you'd think that you would, you know. Yeah, Moreless. Yeah. I think moreless is a, is a terrific way of putting it, which you said mm. earlier. Um, <laughs> do you have a, a large extended family? Do you have like are you do you have people, um, relatives and folks that you uh, are staying in super regular touch with? Like what is your family? What is your actual blood relation family structure? structure look like right now 
Um, it's, it's very spread out, not a huge extended family, but, uh, sort of it, it, it means like checking in on how things are, you know, my sister's in Washington. So obviously that was like the, the first wave yeah. of everything going on. Uh, and, and she, you know, I mean, happy to say so far so safe. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, like, so it, it has involved my mom in one place and my dad in another and my stepbrothers and my sister and brother and sort of just reaching in different directions um, and just trying to sort of find the balance of reasonable fear and worry for, you know, the folks who are in more urban environments and the folks who are in more rural environments where you don't want to freak them out, but you don't want them to under freak out because of the surroundings around them. Yep. Uh so that's been very, uh, I mean, challenging as these things go. But, you know, luckily, so far, so good. There was a period where at the beginning of this, my dad and stepmom were coming home from a trip. And <laughs> I'm telling all of our business. But uh, there there was a, a brief but intense period where uh, every child was intensely emailing because there was no way we could possibly get them home faster. But we somehow thought that that would happen oh, if God, we could just sure. send more emails. Sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you I, could I displace they... the atoms of the universe just enough via email that suddenly yeah. time would, would work differently. And, you know, I think they were sort of like, we love getting this many emails, uh, <laughs> but you realize time still works the same way. Uh, uh, absolutely. All's well, that, well, they got home safe. But uh, you it, don't, it was a... Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to like name who's where. I mean, you obviously also already mentioned um, your sister in in mm, in yeah. Washington. But do, are you because everyone's scattered far and wide? Do you feel like from a social experiment slash like here's how different states are handling things? Like, are you getting kind of an interesting slice of life in terms of that, or is it more like well, everyone's still on the West Coast or? Yeah. I'm getting South Carolina, Texas, Washington, a different part of California, and some uh, Northeast kind of like you go. In, at different times and places. So yeah, there I, you go. I have not been making like a wide chart, but it uh, it's also, you know, like one person's in a super tiny town and, you know, I'm in literally Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. So it's it's been very interesting sort of navigating uh, all of those at once. Yeah. Uh, Trying to, I guess, see the silver lining of talking to people a lot, but it's 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 a weird time. <laughs> How are your family doing? Uh, I have uh, I, I have a, a a large extended family on my mom's side, but they're not. I I love them dearly, but they are not relatives that any of us are in like intensely regular touch with I'm in touch with one of my aunts and uncles one one set uh very frequently um but and, and one cousin very frequently on that side but but everybody else is a little bit more of like I hear from other people in my family that they're totally fine and good and you know they're in Hawaii or they're in you know the the various places yeah. that they live and then on my dad's side I just have basically my dad his sister my aunt and then her son and that's it and everybody is either in Arizona or where I am so it feels mm. like a pretty tight circle of like you know okay well I don't that I don't have to to scan too far afield but my sweetie's family is you know in Texas and and yeah we've we've sort of been feeling the like we definitely feel that and I don't know if you've felt it but the sort of Texas resistance like some of that stuff <laughs> that you hear about or read about you know there's definitely a sense of you know 
them being like, well, I don't know if it's like, let's get this economy going again. Like, come on, Mm. everybody. So there's definitely that sort of reckoning of like, oh, yeah, remember how we thought for a second maybe this would be like a thing that kind of crossed partisan borders. And now somehow (laughs) it's just reinforced everything in a totally new, scary way. Yeah, it it is truly terrifying i i i'm lucky uh because my my dad is in texas but uh they are a bit north of austin um so that was a sort of i feel like a community that probably because of the intensity of south by sure. uh hitting sort of reckoned with this kind of early um and because my dad is in a a, a community for seniors they're like it's being taken seriously yep there uh, you go. uh so that's good uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a brand new podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases. To scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work. To fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! Where are you from originally? Where'd you grow up? We moved around. Not as much as some people, but enough that I'm never sure how to answer that question. Sure. How about Uh, this? Where were you a teenager? Were multiple or single places? Okay. Crucially, uh, teens was when I moved from the big chunk in Sacramento, California, to the big chunk in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like that way you said big chunk. I I really saw capital B, capital C in my head. <laughs> like it felt like maybe that was the name of the community <laughs> you're living in. <laughs> Well, we went from Big Chunk uh, Cali over to Big Chunk. You know, my dad worked for Big Chunk. So, of course, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have an office in North Carolina. Their, yeah, their North Carolina offices. Uh, <laughs> what age at what age were you? What did you move from from California to North Carolina? Uh, 15. Ooh, ouch. That was a time. Yeah. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. I ended up, uh, I did one year of high school in California, one year in Chapel Hill, and then I went to, uh, I, it's impossible to describe, a a nerd boarding school. It was a public school, but we all lived there for the last two years of high school. So I went to three different high schools. Okay. Uh, so I'm very good at meeting new people. I was going to say, <laughs> you're either great at it or you're awful at it because you learned so well how to be a total loner that you're like you know that you sort of go i don't i don't need listen if these people if i'm gonna meet these people i know i can survive at least six months before it really happens so it's a little of both like it's still terrifying but you just roll forward i don't know no doubt well it sounds like did when you went to the nerd boarding school was that more of a like a less passive choice in the sense that you were going to go to Chapel Hill, like it or not, but you had, did was that a situation where you found out about the school, had the opportunity and kind of chased it down? I did. I, I guess I've never thought about that contrast before. Um, but it certainly was a factor that it was sort of like, 
a lot of kids applying for that school were like, I'm going to disrupt my entire childhood. And I was like, less of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> not that I didn't love the people I had just met at, at the very excellent school I landed at in Chapel Hill. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, that was a, that, that was, I applied and, and got in and, uh, met lots of, lots of dear people. Well, tell me about the, tell me about, I mean, you, you, you said it in your preface that it was, that it's a pretty unusual, um, I don't know if I've heard of a high school age boarding school that is also a public school. So tell me more about <laughs> it. Uh, okay. It is called the North Carolina School for Science and Mathematics. Awesome. Uh, it is the school of S&M. They went with that. Great. We were Great. all intensely proud as high schoolers uh, of that fact uh, with extremely sophisticated senses of humor. That's right. It, um, it was set up, I think, in the early 80s. I'm forgetting all my facts, but it's it's essentially like a... a a public magnet school option uh, where you go. I mean, it's it's in Durham, which if you've ever been to North Carolina is like 15 minutes from Chapel Hill. So I was not far from my new home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's it at, at the time I went there, it was like 250 kids in junior year and 250 kids in senior year drawn from. And, and this is a thing not to just nerd out on the structure of the school, but I love that uh, – they had a specific system, or at least they did when I was there, where they draw kids from every county in North Carolina, mm. which meant that, you know, not every county in North Carolina has the same sort of baseline standards for school systems, but they all have a chance of, like, getting out to the magnet school. Yeah. Uh, which made it, you know, it, it complicated for the teachers who were trying to handle the entire array of, but, you know, obviously all all kids who had opted on some level into being there. Uh, and it, it was, I made a lot of really great memories of that school uh, because it was a real mix of just hardcore, I love school, I'm excited to be here, and I have reasons to want to be away from my mm. family as a teen, which sure. meant I met a lot of really interesting, wonderful people that yeah. I would not otherwise have met. Uh, and, you know, folks who being one year into my culture shock into the South, like, you know, people from all over North Carolina that introduced me to a ton of perspectives I didn't know yet. Uh, it was it's funny. It, it just hit me the other day when um, not to go right back to Bummerville, but when John Prine passed away, yeah. uh, I had moved to like and, you know, we lived in the South when I was a tiny baby, but I didn't remember it at all. Um, and so I was I was big snobby teen about coming back to the South as a 15 year old from uh, California. And, of co- I mean, are you kidding yeah. me? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I get there and I met so many wonderful kids at both of the schools I ended up at. And I remember uh, a good friend that I made at the School of Science and Math uh, who was not to put her on blast, but like a super classic soccer lesbian mm-hmm. uh, of, of a, a wonderful type who and I was this like I, I hated anything that I thought remotely sounded like country music. Uh, and she introduced me to John Prine. Uh, who I realize is not exactly country music, but for for me at that time, I will permanently associate his music with broadening my whole perspective on what the South could be like and what kind of people lived there and what they had to offer. And and it's it's just this weird... So yeah, lots of good memories and also lots of terrible decision-making because I was not... Uh, it was running with the undiagnosed ADHD, so I got through that whole thing. But uh, it was <laughs> well, that's a, wild a big time. deal. I mean, to, to 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 get in to a school like that, um, but also you know, not necessarily be 
coming at it with with whatever set of tools you're meant to have or assumed <laughs> to have uh, when you do something like that. How, how did how did you hear about the school? Was it something a teacher told you about? Was it something fellow students told you about? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, let's see. I did. I, I mean, I had landed at Honestly, a, a very excellent school. I would have been fine staying there uh, in Chapel Hill, which is a college town, so has yeah. like a lot to, to offer structurally. Uh, and I, I guess I just must have heard about it somewhere. This is, uh, this is such an own on Team Amy, but uh, the slogan of the school was accept the greater challenge. Mm-hmm. which was basically a dare as far as <laughs> teen Amy was concerned. Right. I was like, what, you think I can't leave my entire family sure. and go to your boarding school? Sure. I'll show you. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, and it's it's weird, like, to, just to explain the public thing, there was no tuition, but we all did sort of work service was the mm. way um, that, that all kind of worked out. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember how I heard about it. What was the uh, what was the 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 dorm structure like? Was it like girls one place and boys another place, or were they co-ed dorms? How how did that work? It was uh, uh, gender segregated, as we then understood gender to exist. Yes. Uh, well, some people did, um, and so that was also an interesting feature of it uh, because the gay kids were doing way better. Oh God, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. That <laughs> always like tickles me when I think back on. Um, but like my my college had like had segregated dorms and then had co-ed dorms and um, I was so fascinated. It felt like a totally different campus going into a, a co-ed dorm. Um, and and I it, I didn't apply for any particular dorm my freshman year and then I lived off campus after that. But it was like arbitrary assignments. And my best friend, who happened to be a dude, was in a co-ed dorm. And I I just, I really felt like I was at a different college altogether, just walking into Mm. one building versus the other. It was crazy. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, we had, we had uh, gendered dorms. And then uh, this very interesting, at the time that I was there, their attempt to kind of you know, because they had a lot of promises to keep to our various parents. So we had sort of like the this weirdly structured evening where like you all had to go back like to your dorm between 8 and 8.30, I want to say, um, for like checking in with each other and doing dorm chores. Mm-hmm. And then like you were released again until I want to say 10.30 or 10. Uh, and at that point it was everybody in separate dorms. And at midnight, I think it was everybody in separate rooms. Uh, and there were various levels of discipline for being out of room. And the the like the terrible telling on myself story about how I got through the school was that you would be in trouble if you were in another student student's dorm room all night, but there did come a point where certain of the authorities stopped kicking me out of my friend's room because they were like, if she leaves, she will not do her homework, so uh-huh. we're just going to pretend we don't hear them laughing. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, it was this very strange combination of, of hyper-structured and then like accidentally forcing you to be irresponsible because you had to get all of your... like play practice and other co-ed activities out of the way first and could then do your homework at midnight because oh, wow. it was like I'm, they, they obviously didn't plan for that to happen right. but uh that was sort of how it played out like get everything else done if you need to do any socializing you got to do it now um and will we sleep maybe right and how and so did was was it effective for them in the sense that it was not easy to buck the system and sneak out at two in the morning? Like, did they have that pretty locked down successfully? Uh, here's the thing. I think that they had that locked down pretty successfully, but I wouldn't know because 
<laughs> I was like, I was enough of a rule breaker to be in my friend's room all night. But if it was easy to sneak off campus and see someone, I would never find that out. Gotcha. Like, gotcha. Uh, does that make sense? It, it makes a thousand percent <laughs> sense. There's such a, a there's such a like a, a, a system of scales of like how much you how how much trouble you're willing to get into and like what feels what feels within the the scope of reason for. Uh, a kid at any different age and any different level like that so I totally get it what was the what did did that how did being there if if in any way play into you dating not dating messing around all that kind of stuff was that like because I would imagine it'd be more pervasive but not necessarily I couldn't let's see I couldn't much compare it because I was a like you know slow starter so uh had my my first dating experiences i was already there um and uh i i don't know how it like there is probably extra bad behavior because people were away from parents right. if that made sense yeah. but also less bad behavior because any place on campus that you were uh, was either technically someone's room or technically public space mm. if that makes sense yeah. um now it might have been there, there was some level for for the couples of sort of which were the most secluded spots, if any. Uh, there, there was some jockeying for like, oh, there's somebody there, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> um, what what were what was the curriculum like there? Obviously, if it was focal to um, math and science, were was mm. the rest of the curriculum? Was it still? I mean, you said play practice, right? So there's still sports. There's still there's still fine art and performing art kind of stuff happening. There was. Uh, that was, you know, I, I, I always do things in the most possible logical way. So I went to the science and math school and I did a lot of theater and choir. Uh, <laughs> but I like uh, I it was honestly kind of what persuaded me to do it because team me couldn't figure out how she was ever going to choose just one thing. And so we went on a school visit and they had been doing Jesus Christ Superstar. And I was like, the science and math school is doing a rad production of Jesus Christ Superstar. I got to do this. Yeah. Um, but academically, it was or structurally, it was, it was interesting because uh, if oh God, I'm <laughs> trying to dredge these memories up, but uh, the art stuff generally was not classes. We didn't have room in our schedules to take a drama class. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so they were just sort of guided extracurriculars. Um, and it was, it was you know, a, I, I now understand it as familiar, but it seemed at the time I was like, ooh, it's so interesting that, like, the other nerds also love theater. And I'm like, actually, now I can see that those things pretty much go together. It happens a lot. <laughs> uh, but... It was so they they had almost always had robust art stuff, but a lot of it tended to be sort of depending on the energy of students and like the structure. We 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 had a, a faculty advisor for our drama program who was just absolutely wonderful. But that was sort of like a system they were changing and discovering year by year as they were trying to figure out how that worked, because none of us uh, could or would make room in our schedules to actually take the arts classes, hmm. if that made sense. Yeah. Like, the literature class was great. Um, I, I still had, like, a robust set of other academic stuff, um, but but the uh, the art stuff was all out after the school day. Yeah. If that makes sense. Where where does, where do comics start to come in, or had they already been a big part of your life by then? They come in before the move. Uh, interestingly, let me think. I... 
it's it's a a journey for me of like X-Men the animated series and Batman the animated series and uh lots of Star Trek and then like going to so my my first cons were California like tiny hotel cons for visiting Star Trek actors and things like that. Right. Um which was amazing. <laughs> uh but that evolved into like watching Sailor Moon on TV and sort of spiraled into like going to a mall shop for Star Trek stuff and seeing comics and recognizing characters from the X-Men cartoon. And somehow that evolved into visits to a comic book store where I was reading a lot of manga and starting to read X-Men. And then the this is not in any way a good story, sorry. But my first year in high school, I had, like, but at some point during junior high and then fully by the time I made this very good friend, my freshman year in California, I had a buddy to talk about new comics with for mm-hmm. the first time. Uh, and that was very well in place. I was, <laughs> gosh, I was playing in an email sim, which will not make sense to the people listening to this, but it, <laughs> but now that people understand RPGs better, yes. maybe they can sort of reason backwards to just pen pal collaborative storytelling with a bunch of strangers. Sure. Uh, uh, and so that was a, I think I, for a long time, didn't realize, but like, well, I don't know. Once somebody asked me, who was sort of surprised that I'm into the things I'm into, but not in an insulting way, uh, once someone was like, how did we not lose you? And I was talking, and I was like, I don't know, I was always going to be like this. And then when I mentioned moving across the country when I was 15, they were like, ah, there we go. <laughs> Your new environment, like, <laughs> you, it, all I had to bond with people or to hold on to was, like, these remaining connections to that pop culture stuff that meant so much to me. Yeah. Uh, and and it really was, like, you know, in every new environment i was absolutely the classic like find the kids who know monty python mm-hmm. find the kids who are reading comics that's how you you'll know like that you can breathe uh and uh yeah on the other hand it was probably just always going to be comics i don't know was that <laughs> answer coherent at all it was it was and and uh by the way if you are going to preface a story saying that it's not a good story but then you talk about being in an email sim i want you to know that you're doing yourself a disservice <laughs> Because that's an inaccurate Look, depiction, that's description of what is to come. Uh, um, I played the future imaginary daughter of Hank McCoy and briefly loved, but still loved by me, Cecilia Reyes. Oh uh, it was all fine. I had to improvise a backstory with another character who had also decided that the there had a shared parent. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, I think that's absolutely wonderful. And also, oh, by the way, yes, when you brought back up being a freshman in California, um, the uh, the person who's terrified of, of uh, upsetting people in me was scared that when I said like, oh, of course you were a snob going to the South from California. I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying because you should have been because the South sucks compared to California, but it is very much indoctrinated into a Californian, I think, by the culture that's like, you're so lucky you live here and not the South, which is like so wrong because there's so many amazing places in, in, in the South that, you know, sort of go, wait, hold on, don't lump everything together like this isn't fair you know um well like it, it's it, it it's a, a a rich tapestry as they say but it it is first of all it's absolutely like what you believe if you're in that place in time and like i already had relatives down there so i already knew sort of multiple sides of it but uh the the culture shock for me in that place in time was very real like there you know the differences are also very real at the yes. time we were going there the big comfort was at least north carolina is sort of 
closer to what I would want compared to the rest of the South. And even that in the time since then has sort of been tear out your hairable but like that there are wonderful people down there absolutely but like when you when you especially i'm just gonna put the rest of northern california on blast we were raised to uh dislike a lot of places i for instance was sure that southern california sucked and i would never want to be there and it turns out I love Los Angeles yeah, and have now been here longer than any other place same. in my life. Exact and child same. me would die. Exact same. Yeah. It's <laughs> I, it never it, it I it never ceases. I've like I've I continue to enjoy the disdain that was uh bred into me in my years in San Francisco about LA and like <laughs> Just how no much culture, I did it about steal face. No culture, they the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a huge about face. Which, what's beautiful about it, and we don't have to talk too much about this, but what's beautiful about it is that, like, none of what is d- people are disdainful about is wrong. Like, there, it's like all of that <laughs> stuff is real, but it, not not unlike the the South in, in some ways. Like, yeah, all the problems that you've used to, you know, with which to write off the entirety of Southern California – that is all there for sure um and then there's like the other 85 percent or whatever you know what i mean like you can make that part your hundred percent if that's what you're into but if you're moving down from from northern california and you loved northern california the chances are that that is going to you know encompass five percent of your chosen experience in southern california and the rest of it is going to be something that anybody living up there would probably think was quite wonderful you know Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, but it really is, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. Like how, <laughs> how it's just, it's such a perfect example. And by the way, like, are there areas in Northern California where you're going to deal with like as racist, a small community as like certain parts of the South? Most likely. Um, sure. but, but in terms of like what our experience, like sort of living in that beautiful liberal bubble is, is just that sort of like, God, it's, it's, it's pretty fantastic how like open and and welcoming and you know let's make the world a better place and let's all try to live and and support each other and and be you know be the first city in the united states to you know have gay marriage and all this kind of stuff but then like yeah where the walls come down about everywhere else is so intolerant <laughs> In fact, my friend Joe Klosik, uh, when I just started getting interested in comedy at all in San Francisco when I was at SF State, he used mm-hmm. to have this joke um, that was like such a beautiful in, in, in encapsulation, which I'm just going to say right now uh, and probably not do justice. But he said like he said um, he said something about like going into a bathroom stall in a bar and seeing something horrible like, you know, God hates gay people written on the wall in you know in the stall and that and he's like yeah pretty horrible right but in san francisco we know how to handle that and so someone else crossed all of that out and drew an arrow and said you're the problem with you know god would never approve of you you're the problem you know that's an absolutely horrible attitude and that kind of thing doesn't play in frisco and then someone crossed that out and wrote an arrow and said don't call it frisco i was like (laughs) that's it that's it <laughs> that sort of like liberal England. intolerance is like so beautiful <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> oh boy um so 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 
was there so so with this kind of storytelling that you were doing um with yourself and and sort of as a fan right were there other were there worlds that you were inventing that were based on on nothing pre-existing or were you sort of living in that space of this is how i commune with this sort of art and pop culture that is meaningful to me that's a great question oh thank you very much It, it most of the engagement that I did was with established world stuff. Uh, like before I ever it, it was doing my own uh, play by email things. Like my I I was a guest at my big sister's very cool Star Trek sim that they did in a chat room. Uh, awesome. Was the most nervous I've ever been. Uh, but it I'm trying to think. I was just. Especially as a teen, I didn't see myself as someone who could make new things. I just wanted to consume everything that existed in the world. Yep. Uh, and and so I was like, I was the, I'm halfway through Wheel of Time and I'm trying to make index cards for every character that appears on every page. Right. Uh, spoiler alert, I did not succeed, but <laughs> the internet was getting invented, so that got handled. Uh, it, and And I'm trying to think because... What I've realized now is that there were, you know, things like, I was like, I'm not creative, but I did build an original character and put thousands of hours into blah, 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 blah. Exactly. You know, things that I didn't see at the time as legit creative projects that there were a surprising number of. Like, my little brother reminded me that we found uh, this this totally lost memory to me that he's like, no, we went to a garage sale and we got this thing and you made a LARP out of it in the backyard. And I was like, I did what? Uh, but as soon as he mentioned, it was like it had jewels and there was a unicorn thing. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Uh, so I guess it, it was generally always with the seed of an established world to play in. Uh I think. I think that makes who sense. Who knows? Though. Maybe I'm going to find a lost desktop folder somewhere where yeah. I was doing my own thing. You're like, what? I created a world as large as Lord of the Rings and I didn't even remember? <laughs> I got to get this published stat. Uh, no, I think that's, I think that's really, I think that's really interesting. And um, I think that's, like, I think you've hit on something that is uh, very relatable, which is this idea of um, the fear of creativity or the fear of failure, the fear of somehow like like fancying yourself creative and being such a fan of other people's creativity and then not wanting to be put to the test like on mm. a on a grand level whereas you are being like wildly creative with a sense of permission because you feel like you're honoring something else that you respect within your creativity so it's like this kind Oof. of interesting safety <laughs> right it's like this it's this permission to just enjoy it instead of being so hard on yourself about whether or not you're a creator or you are you know you're an inventor um and, oh, I, and no. I think it's so interesting what's happened uh well i like i've i've known for some time now that i sort of struggle with permission stuff but it had never occurred to me that an excuse of i can use the full range of my creative imagination on this because somebody else already invented D D, like and i'm all i'm doing is it's a compliment to them and i can just like has never occurred to me <laughs> uh and i'm definitely not having an experience with it it's fine uh, yeah oh this so... is these are the listen when i started a podcast all i ever asked was can i just be smug sometimes 
all I wanted. <laughs> I didn't want to help anyone. I didn't want to make people feel they were less alone or understood or feel connected or feel kindred. I just wanted opportunities to feel smug. And this is all. Thank you. What a gift. Thank you. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm coming up with like for me, what's so what is so self-serving about the podcast is like it gives me in some kind of weird way, I feel like I'm doing exactly what I just described because I've never said that out loud before and I've never thought about it before. So that's a thing you and I just kind of came up with together in the context of this conversation that I too am like, hey, wait a minute, what if? Uh, but then I put it out there like it was this thing that I was so, I, I was so wizened. <laughs> like I was so, no, but like, I mean, well, you know what I, I always say, never said it. You just said like, or at the beginning of this conversation, you were like, I feel bad because I haven't been journaling the process of this, but I was just processing my own experience by listening to the excellent last episode of your podcast oh, where you guys were literally in real time processing what is happening so you're also kind of maybe not realizing you're already doing the thing is all i'm saying no i think that that's and yeah and i, I sort of allowed for like well maybe once a week when I talk to someone else, like I've sort of am, yeah, like having some kind of relationship with with recording something, um, literally and figuratively. But, um, but yeah, no, I I appreciate that, and that's really that's really nice to hear, you know, because it's also that thing where you can overthink, like, what do people want right now? Do they want to hear about how everyone's doing? Do they want the escape? Do they want both? Do they not know what they want, like me, where I'm not even sure what I'm looking to get out of anything anymore? Like, right. you know, because things are so so odd right now. Um, and so, you know, I guess the, if, if I had to come up with an ideal, it would be like, is there a way for us to exist in this space and 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 look at those feelings and sort of, you know, laugh about what can be laughed about and cry what can be cried about and then but also take a little bit of a a, vac a vacation into the past, you know, on some level uh yeah. to sort of to to hear about people's um origin stories as it were. Um what did uh what what did your friend so your friend makeup did that kind of look because you were in the smaller school um where you were removed from going home every day to, to your family and stuff um that also i guess kind of removes you from oh but you know on the side i was in this chess club that met on the other side of town or you know those things like i like i sort of had friendships and relationships with people who were at different schools because you know I just you would meet somebody whose friend then went to that school whose friend was then in a play at this school and um and so right. it's a little different I think when yeah when you're sort of like here we are on this planet that is our school um it was very much this planet that is our school yeah uh it you know you couldn't it, almost no one was leaving campus for any reason like I I gave up dance because there was no practical way to like get off campus and go to dance classes and come back uh, and that had been always one of those, like, I think like a lot of people, I've always walked in a bunch of different worlds at once, which can be very disorienting, but also, you know, you can learn from it because the assumptions of one place are never the assumptions of the other place. Um, so at the tiny planet that was the school, uh, weirdly, though, like those structures just reproduce themselves inside the school. 
So you still had different non-intersecting groups of people that you interacted with, yeah. but it was like the play people and your science lab partners and the hundred million clubs that popped up uh, on the campus because we were all just doing things in different combinations of each other. And there were sports teams. We had no football team, uh, but we did have sports teams. We were the unicorns. Oh, that was my junior uh, high. My junior yeah. high performing and fine arts sports teams were the unicorns. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh, So, I mean, I was not on any of those sports teams, but for the people who were like, (laughs) it strongly conditioned their experience of the school. So I guess in that sense, you still had that that same sense of like, I am well known to this group of people, but a stranger to this group of people. And this other group of people thinks of me in a totally different way than group A. It was just happening smaller. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey, podcast fan. We have a quick favor to ask. We'd like to get a better idea of who you are and what you care about. So if you have a couple moments to spare, go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. There, we've got a short anonymous survey that won't take any more than 10 minutes to fill out. Plus, if you finish it, you'll get a 10% discount on our merch at the MaxFun store. MaxFun shows have always relied on support from our members and always will. The survey will help keep the few ads we do run relevant and interesting for you. Again, that's MaximumFun.org slash ad survey, all one word. And thanks for your help. Okay, listen, first of all, I want to get into this MASH game, and um, I, I think maybe this will be a fun way of, of sort of uh, of easing into it. I don't know if I'm saying that like it's a boiling hot <laughs> pot of water that eventually will kill you. We are um, the frog. Yes. Yeah, we're just going to dip a toe. Um, but <laughs> I, but I, I'm so interested in, in that and what you just said, and I'm wondering if there's anything fun about our first category being like, you can let's take you back in a a little time travel bubble and you can like sort of alternate universe three areas of school that you really just did not like you don't really know what those kids lives were like because they were passionate about this thing that you know wasn't necessarily something that that um, played a huge role in your day to day there. How about three, three like other worlds of the school that you get to kind of go back and like live it, live a little bit in the life of somebody whose 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 compass was like pointed in a different direction in that same Ooh. on that same planet. Okay. Uh, oh, that's fascinating. Okay, let me see. There. There were somehow still a group of kids recognizable to all of us as the popular kids, and I honestly don't know what they did. Right. <laughs> Great start. Great start. Uh, I, I don't know what they were listening to or spending their time on. Just no idea. Yeah, I love uh, it. And the second would probably be one of the sports teams. Like, I knew some folks who were doing, obviously, soccer and track and some of that stuff, um, but it was impossible to sort of combine with my extracurricular. So no idea what that would have affected the structure. And I think for the third one, I want to say I, I, it was this very interesting moment where they hadn't yet brought internet into 
our rooms, but people were cobbling together at different levels, different solutions, uh, quasi-approved or not approved for sort of piping that around. Um, and I, I know that there are probably a couple people who basically never left, like, the back of the boys' dorms uh-huh. that I probably never met. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, and I just just to sort of like if I were jumping into a different skin and a different experience of that, yeah. just to trade places with one of them to be like, what was your day to day like? OK, uh, great. I know a lot of it was sending people's moms to Costco for giant soda runs because right. we were all benefiting from that and just selling them out of your dorm room. Oh, my God, uh, that's great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that would be my third one. OK, beautiful. Whatever kid I never met from the back of the boys dorm who never came out. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, let's do next category. Gotta get into some uh, comic book stuff, uh, graphic novel stuff. Let's do um, let's do three uh, worlds of like specifically printed comics that you would love to be able to jump into and like just interact with the characters. Woof. Okay, first one's gonna be Sandman. Sandman universe. Right. Uh, not a great chance that good things happen to you in it, but they will be so poignant. Uh, <laughs> That's right. The second one, I'll, I'll switch companies, uh, and it's just X-Men, whatever yeah. iteration. Uh, that might be good times, might be bad times. Yeah. You never know. And the third one, probably a common answer at this point, but just, just dipping a toe on into the world of Saga. Uh, the image comic from Brian Vaughn and Fiona Staples that most people know, but uh, that is just a super fascinating sci-fi fantasy universe that would be real fun to to jet around in. Okay, in uh, in a sci-fi fantasy universe, so this takes us away from from just you know kind of comic books. Now we're we're expanding into like things that don't even exist yet. All that. Um, what are three like qualities, superpowers? Um, levels of intelligent any kind of skill or thing Mm. that three different things that you would want to bring into any kind of sci-fi fantasy universe that you would be visiting like Like i'm you put yeah you yourself are armed with it Mm -hmm. Ooh, i mean it is always tempting to go immediately for some kind of technopath uh skill set tends to be very broadly applicable sure uh I think it'd be fun to to pick something like I have no idea if I how I would be wielding this skill set but you said sci-fi fantasy yeah. right So some some kind of person who has like a good aura reading Ooh, kind of yeah. ability Yes um I think would be a really interesting one to go around with I love it Obviously there's the good power and then there's the sort of Cassandra how does it go wrong kind of of it right, all but right. uh, I love that. Uh, I have to say, I love that. I love that answer because um, it very much appeals to me as well. And I like that it's more generalized than like reading someone's thoughts or telling someone's future or seeing into someone's path. Like the idea that it's more about just the sort of like gut kind of wash of what, who that person is in terms of like their quality as a, as a human or animal. Um, I really like that because I don't want to know what someone's thinking, but I would love to be able to sort of read the room and go, I'm safe with this person. I'm not safe with this creature. I, you know, like uh, this, this creature is, is this wish showing... fulfillment because we are LA people now and we wish we could do this. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 
I mean, probably. Uh, great. Okay. Oral reading. Got it. Love it. What's your third? Uh, and my third is just going to be like shape shifting because yeah. why not? I'm so why hopeful. You want that? So hopeful uh, from a living vicariously that shape shifting would make it into this list. So I'm very glad. <laughs> Yay. Um, okay. I'm going to take a, a, a hard right and go into the uh, favored what foods are we going to allow you to have in this alternate universe that have zero ramifications on the environment, calories, allergies, um, sugar content, salt content. Ooh. It's all, that all flies out the window and you can have three things in perpetuity, rare, doesn't matter, um, as much as you want without getting sick and it's all good. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with... Things I already eat all the time, or things I don't. Either uh, one. Like if you don't eat meat, because you know what I mean. Like that. But rest right. assured, in this alternate universe, meat isn't meat, but it just tastes exactly the same. So there's nothing wrong with eating. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Ooh, how fictional can I get with this? Super because fictional. I have a tragic flaw that I I just cheese is bad. Yeah. It tastes bad, and I don't get why people love it. And I wish that I loved it because it is in so many delicious looking seeming <laughs> foods you know what i yeah. mean like nothing seems like it would be more delicious than a quesadilla or a grilled cheese sandwich yeah. and nothing in practice is as gross to me interesting and i honestly i know i'm missing out i know like for a fact yeah so in this alternate universe uh cheese is delicious wonderful. and has a great texture wonderful wonderful uh, and then my second one will be the, the the contrast choice of the food that I should not live exclusively on, but absolutely could, which is Cheez-Its. Great. Fake cheese crackers are delicious and the best thing Isn't ever. And while funny. I realize they are not, yeah. God, that, I don't know, man. Those they don't two taste look like cheese. So, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, for somebody who's a cheese lover, they feel like those things live enough next door to each other that like there should be a carryover. <laughs> Do you, does that apply? I say this as a person who enjoys cheese, not as much as some, but definitely does not like cheesecake. Whereas like I have friends who think they don't like cheese mm. who love cheesecake. Does, where does cheesecake fall for you? It's it's sort of okay, but yeah. not amazing and not terrible. If that makes sense, it does. Uh, I you know I can and and the the truth is like I I have a a, a decent tolerance for pizza cheese uh, and this has nothing to do with uh, allergies or any other valid reason not to like something like I can I can tolerate pizza cheese I can do uh, how do you say caprese caprese oh sure the, yeah yeah like in like limited quantities yeah. but I sort of I I I hit a point where I'm like no more yeah. uh. And uh, yeah, cheese sits just aren't like that. I don't know. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, if, especially if there's a textural and consistency thing. Like, I think cheesecake, that's a, maybe the biggest problem for me is that I, I don't want a dessert that's like, like a, like the roof <laughs> sticking to the roof of your mouth kind of experience. Mm. Like, and that, and so much of that is, is like textural. It's like the density of something and the way it, it moves in your mouth. So, you know, I yeah. totally get that. Um, okay, great. So cheese, cheese, it's, and then what's your uh, third one? And my third one is going to be, I have a real soft spot for various holiday candies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I know that they would lose their meaning if they were available every day of the year. But because this is fiction, yes. uh, they both are. They don't lose any of their appeal. And you can eat them all the time. And that is fine from a health perspective. Yes. So, like, there's these little... Christmas nougats 
uh, I don't know how to describe them, but they're little minty guys, uh, and they come out around Christmas. Mm -hmm. And no matter how far I drift from any traditions I was raised in, I will always want the Christmas candy. Okay, so when you say Christmas nougats, I need to get, I need to drill down into this. (laughs) What, so are you telling me that like they are nougat, I think of nougat as being like nut paste related or like chewy nut, is that what you're saying? These things could be made out of chemicals purely for all I know. Um, not that everything is but made out of chemicals. Chocolatey. But they're not chocolatey. No, they are. And they're not they minty. Are... Well, they're, they're minty yeah. in flavor. Oh, okay. Is yeah, it those they're... saltwater taffy kind of ones where there's like maybe like a, there's like a, drizz, somehow there's like a drizzly Christmas shape inside, like a, like a loose uh, looking Like a little tree. tree yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Little uh, stripes around the outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not exactly yeah. saltwater taffy, but they have a chewy consistency like that. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah, I definitely know what they are. <laughs> uh, that's what I was imagining, but then I couldn't I couldn't apply the word nougat as I understand it to those candies. Somehow so. the company Brock's will uh, go out of business someday and someday they will stop existing or being available yeah. and I will literally spend the rest of my life wishing that I would stumble upon a cache of them. <laughs> it's like I have already projected forward the despair I am going to them. experience when that happens. Yeah, you uh-huh. already missed them. I love it. Um, okay, next category. Let's do some romance. These can be uh, people living or dead from any era, any age. They can be animals. They can can be comic book characters. They can be literary characters. Ooh, it's uh, the okay. sky's the limit. You know what? They can be out beyond the sky. Beyond the sky. So, so many choices. <laughs> Let's see. Fictional character Hank McCoy, aka the Beast. Right. Actual historical person Jane Austen. Great. And any male character drawn by illustrator Kevin Wada. Is that a valid answer? Uh, it's an amazing answer. Okay. Uh, okay, next category, let us do, um, let's do three, <laughs> let's do three musicals, and I'm not saying they have to be on Broadway, they could be like at like some random hole in the wall in Paris, I don't care, but three Excellent. musicals that heretofore, to your knowledge, do not exist about some sort of pre-existing uh, pop culture thing that you enjoy, so it could be you know, it could be a comic book uh, universe that is, is depicted in musicals, but it could also be like, I love pop rocks and I want to see pop rocks, the musical, like just sort of a pop culture um, yes. thing that you love that you get to see turned into a musical of some kind. Okay. Uh, legit real answer. Uh, I want to see a musical of the tale of Genji, the Japanese story. Great. Uh, because they use poems to impress people. And I think the best way you could communicate that would be to write really amazing songs because the power and aesthetic appeal of them needs to communicate super clearly to the audience uh and then uh i'm trying to sort out the like the ones that i've tucked away where i'm like someday i should learn to make things and do that one um but i could just use them now there is a lady who worked with okay sorry uh michelle de montaigne the french guy who invented essays uh wow great he there was okay Whatever, I'm, t- I'm telling it now because it's not like I'm going to magically learn to make things tomorrow. But there was, he was in his like 50s and he was a super famous, important like thinker who was like, his works were off influencing Shakespeare and everybody else. And there was this girl in her early 20s in Paris who wrote him a fan letter. And that fan letter was so good that basically they became best friends he made her the executor and the final editor of all of his works. Wow. And, like, she wrote a book 
and named it after him and spent the rest of her life as a professional writer. Uh, and that's somehow not already a musical. Yeah, that's amazing. And it, I needed to exist. Also, by the way, like if if you putting it out into the world gives a sense of like even mild temporary uneasiness of like, well, now I've given this idea to someone else. Uh, also feel free to use that to just like catapult yourself into like scrawling something down and then just, you know, see see if you feel like working on it the next day too. Do you know what I mean? Like you could totally use this yeah. as a, yeah, maybe I, you know what? I I am the one that put this out in the world and I am going to claim it <laughs> and I'm taking it. I'm working on it right now, everyone. For the massive audience of people who are waiting for that uh, Listen, set in I'm, an era I'm that isn't even one of I my just specialties. Heard about it. <laughs> I'm ready, willing, and able to to watch that musical. I'm excited about it. Uh, okay, uh, what's your third one? And the third one would have to be something, some truly wild nonsense. A musical told entirely from the perspective of a star that is seeing vague impressions of the Earth that somehow attempts to tell the entire history and development of the planet from the perspective of someone a few light years away who doesn't understand how life couldn't, works. Couldn't love it more. Could not that's love that idea one. more. Yeah, that's the Paris one. <laughs> Weirdly, the Paris one, they're like, we don't need to hear about Michelle Montaigne. Like, that's that's too close. <laughs> we already know. Too close. <laughs> too, let someone else do that. Uh, amazing. Okay, uh, second to last category, let us do... Um, Let's do three places. You have a door in your house that allows you to teleport magically, safely, and without uh, worrying about social distancing to three places that exist now in the world. The inside of a closed major museum. Awesome. This might be because I've been watching uh, Monterey Bay Aquarium on Twitch. They're running around in Animal Crossing, and it's just reminding me of all of these wonderful spaces oh i need uh, to be looking in on that stat oh my god it's so good they had emily grassley as a guest and they were looking at all the fossils and the animals and just telling people facts and the chat the twitch chat was they were like should we switch to the aquarium region and the chat's going fish time <laughs> it, it's the best that's awesome uh, so space number two if i could go anywhere right now look no idea how the weather is right now but just Popping into Yosemite. I don't know. The big... <gasps> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, exactly what I was thinking. Like, I was yeah. having a little fantasy while I was waiting for you of, like, God, don't you want to just be inside Yosemite right now to see, like, how, what the animals are up to and what is happening. And yeah. that is so awesome. I love that we were just thinking the same thing. <laughs> we would run into each other and be like, how? Yeah. Oh, you got the door? Oh, you got the door, too? Nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, it, you know, it's it's not just for, like, the museum thing is definitely for the habit to myself of it all. Yes. But the park is more just, like, I would like to see it. I would... Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the third one, probably Tokyo. Great. You never regret anything that, like, looking around. Not not like I've spent a lot of time there, but it, it you know, I'm that kid, obviously. You can tell from my oh, no, teenage but I, stories. For sure, for sure, and also agreed. I mean, I've only been there once, and I definitely was <laughs> like, yep, this is, there has not been a day in any area of Tokyo that I haven't been like, I'm so glad I came here, and whether yeah. whether it's close to who I am or what I understand or I'm into or not, like, equal value, you know? It's the, the he who is tired of London is tired of life, I, I think turns out to be true for pretty much most 
enormous gatherings of people. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Um, okay, great. Uh, final category. Oof. Oh, Amy, I don't want to let you down. Is there oh. anything that you can think of that you're like, I've been dying for someone to ask me to list three of this thing or like th like express three of these things? Because I, I, I don't want to, like, I'm very terrified of like a milk toast final category. Goodness. Uh, no, I have nothing <laughs> I can think of. <laughs> How about just like real life, basic, simple skills that you, you know, so what it, are it isn't like you speak every language, like just kind of like even because we've because we've done some sort of like really pie in the sky fun stuff here. But sure. what about? Yeah, just like three basic things where you're like, I would just Look, love there's no question that I can't make this. way more serious than it needs to be. That's right. an unfortunate superpower, <laughs> but I got it. Uh, did you want a detailed answer? Because that's what we're here. <laughs> Uh, ordinary skills I wish I had I mean, clearly brevity would be up there uh, hell no I refuse to write that down <laughs> let's see I mean the two real answers time management great Z-Bovery, giant clock with the day of the week on the wall uh, we're working on it and the ordinary oh cooking obviously cooking great I mean, not that I'm I'm not saying it's an ordinary skill, amazing chefs of the world, but I also don't have the ordinary level of skill at it. So and then you know what? For for like I was a dancer, but being not at all a sports kid, the like I I've had a chance in adulthood to sort of grow to appreciate this. Again, really long version of this answer. I love but it. like my my friends with the the fitness skills. Yes. The like Knowing how to work out, like watching my buddy Erica Ishii doing amazing improvised handstand exercises in her apartment. And it's, you know, it's not simple in the fact that she hasn't worked super hard to right. acquire those skills. Right. Um, but I think they're really cool. Oh, and yeah, I don't, for sure. I think I underestimated as a teen that, like, that is a real valuable thing to be good at. As, like, a geek who was like, why would you sports? It's right. like, oh, actually, there was a lot of good stuff going on there. I just didn't know about it. Yes, I, I completely agree. And I think every answer you've given will be taken in the spirit in which it was intended. I, I <laughs> That's all, because because everyone knows the difference between you saying you wish you had good fitness skills and you wish you could fly. Like, we all know sort of, like, <laughs> what, where we've set the boundaries on this. I mean, um, both, really, but yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, so uh, why don't you give me a number between one and seven? Three. And then while I'm doing my very uh, rudimentary calculations, if you could take these moments, um, if you don't want to, that's fine, because we can just edit this out. But just to tell people where they can find you, what you're excited about, um, anything you're working on, anything that you're a fan of right now that they should check out, just, you know, that kind of general stuff. Excellent. Uh, yes. Let's see. You can find me basically all over the internet at Enthusiamy. Uh, that's like enthusiast, but my name on the end. And I, I do a lot of different stuff in the sort of professional nerd adjacent space. Right now, I uh, have been working for some time now with DC Comics on a show we call DC Daily. We do it for the streaming service where you can read a ton of comics and watch a bunch of content and then watch our shows where we talk about the stuff we love. And... At, you can always watch the new ones free, but right now they're also putting them up on YouTube while we're making them from home. So they're easier than they've ever been to watch. Uh, the service is US only, unfortunately, but the uh, we've been having a really great time and my co-hosts are awesome. And it is, uh, I'm going to segue from that into, it's a kind of a weird, scary time for everyone in the universe, but uh, comics being part of that everyone is doing dealing with a lot of uncertainty right now. So there have been some really fabulous 
charity things going on that go to the Book Industry Charitable Foundation, which helps indie bookstores and comic book stores in times of disaster. So I'm not sure where we will be with the different charity initiatives, but there's one called Creators for Comics uh, that my buddy Sam Humphreys is part of the team that's been running that's truly incredible. Uh, There is Jim Lee, who is the publisher of DC and obviously well-known comic book artist, has been doing custom charity sketches. I have been super moved by a bunch of that stuff. Uh, I do my own Twitch streams where we play a mix of new and old games and we have a book club where we read books and comics and we have a real good time so that has I been really get nice in to on keep some going. of that what am i doing? oh please do why haven't i tried <laughs> to muscle my way into any of that okay great oh please come to book club uh and let's see and then you can usually find me rolling dice somewhere uh at, at, in the various rpg spaces or making silly comedy or music stuff with buds like my friends from the double clicks uh and yeah just so all of that i guess awesome 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 that was uh ample time for me to come up with some i think very pleasing results um i am just sort of looking to see where i want to begin um well let me combine uh basic and complex for a moment and say that uh while in just kind of regular life you have this sort of relationship to your own physique fluidity fitness skill uh, hand-eye coordination you have just a a fantastic grasp on (laughs) your own fitness and your relationship to your body and flexibility and stuff yes Um, so so that's sort of how it manifests in this reality but when you go into a fantasy slash sci-fi environment any any of them out there you uh that that translates into full-on shape-shifting Yes! Which oh. is fucking awesome. That's so, so good. Well, well done on that. That can uh, include you uh, going into the saga world. Oh! So that's, that's on the so table. Good. Yeah, that's that's coming up. Um, you also have done. Just some wonderful, wonderful work uh, putting putting this out there into the world for everyone to enjoy. That obscure Parisian musical uh, about <laughs> yes. the earth told from the perspective of a star from just light years away um, oh, good. Is, is like equal parts esoteric and just like timeless. So um, very, very excited to check that out with my own eyeballs. Uh, I want to congratulate you for your vacation home that I have now inserted into the city of Tokyo that you can teleport to Ooh. at will through this door in your existing home. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I want to congratulate you for your uh, romantic relationship. And this is very much like you wished for more, more wishes and you got them. Uh, mm-hmm. Because basically, I've now, I've now given you a relationship with any uh, male character of uh, Mr. Wada's. <laughs> <laughs> so you... You could just be flitting I did, all I did over. Wish for more like, wishes listen, a shapeshifter has different needs. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe we're two shapeshifters. And maybe, maybe you're both all shapeshifters. they yes. can turn into is yes. characters illustrated by Kevin Wada. Hit the nail on the head. That is <laughs> 1,000% what this is. You're right. I just didn't interpret it correctly, but that is exactly, <laughs> exactly what it is. And uh, furthermore, uh, I want to just, I want you to just rest assured. I know you see this dark time in the future where these uh, very special Christmas mint nougats <laughs> yes. are unavailable. 
Not in this universe. Mm-mm. Yes. No. In perpetuity forever. You can just, whatever part of that brain is mourning that time, let it go. Mm-hmm. Because it's never Amazing. coming. It's never Amazing. coming. Yeah. As much as you want, whenever you want, for how long? Uh, endless. So that is uh, your MASH future. Oh, I forgot one important thing, which is that if within all of this stuff, you're still feeling like, Mm, I just need one more adventure, like maybe something from my past, maybe a, a window into something that I just didn't get a chance to experience on my mm-hmm, pl- the mm-hmm. planet of my school. You're going to see what those popular kids are up to. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yep. You're going to dive right into that. I will right attempt to get them that. to listen to the weird Parisian musical and it will not go well. It will, it will go very poorly. It will go very poorly. <laughs> and I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, Amy, thank you so much for uh, making this a very special Thursday for me. Oh gosh! <laughs> Thursday was Amy Dallin Day today. Um, Thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. I am so glad that it worked out, and and um, th- this feels like it's it's been such a no brainer uh, for a long time coming. But I do want to give a shout out to uh, our mutual fan and pal Pierre Jerome, who is a phenomenal mind uh, in his own right, who is in the Bay Area, who is French Canadian, who helps me with all of my French Canadian pronunciations when I get things wrong, um, and who uh, quite. Some some time ago said why have you not had Amy on the podcast and I said I'm I, I want to I'm going to um and then he brought it up once more time uh recently and I was like yeah what am, what's wrong with me what am I doing why have I not oh, facilitated this so oh, uh, this, this episode is dedicated to a, a very very smart mathematically inclined creative uh Amy fan Legend of Korra fan and all around a uh, good human being so um, this will be what fun, a good human fun for him and and actually I should say he's the only one who's allowed to listen to this episode so if you are a listener of the podcast or a fan <laughs> of Amy's and you've come to listen to this please forget everything you've just heard uh this is an exclusive <laughs> for one person <laughs> podcast episode I should have said at the beginning I I'm sorry everybody uh, that, yeah uh, quick update that's right that's right um i hope to see you in uh one of your other many uh adventures that you are having online and beyond uh, i would love to horn in on that and um we're all very like there is no beyond anymore that's right <laughs> so that's those right. of us there who already lived this. on the internet are the only ones we have to bring everyone else with us that's somehow. right here i come <laughs> i'm packing up i'm packing up um thank you again amy and uh everybody else i'll uh, talk to you next time on the podcast thanks so much The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.